This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. What it really means to live like golden. Yeah, we're golden, baby, yeah, we're golden. They're about to see it shine, cause we're golden. They can never break us down, cause we're golden. They're about to see us glow, cause we're golden. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Startup Diaries. Today's episode is part of our brand new educational series that are going to be releasing every single Wednesday. For those of you that tuned in to our board meeting episode, we said that we were going to be producing more content with the goal of bringing you guys more education and more inspiration so that you guys can continue in your careers, in your startups, whatever it is that you're doing in the business world, we wanna bring you content for free that inspires and educates you. The one thing I will ask is that if you get a lot out of these episodes, first of all, let us know, reach out to us. We love hearing from you. Uh, We love your ideas. We've been getting a lot of those lately. We love hearing about how this has helped you in your business. It honestly does power us forward and inspires us to do more. But also, if you guys could leave us a review and share this with your friends, our goal is to get this in the hands of as many business people as possible. And so, In order to help us do that and in order for us to bring more guests on and create more content, we need your help. So again, let us know if you enjoy the episode and share this with your friends and make sure if you're loving the podcast, leave a review. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoy the episode. Danny, (laughs) welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, buddy. For anyone knows, the reason we're doing that weirdly is we're doing these back to back. So you've probably (laughs) listened to a few by now, depending on what order we release in. But um, we're going to talk about... um, Budgets and forecasts. Probably, I mean, I say this, I've said this a few times, but all this stuff is really important to, I think, if you want to get serious about your business, you want it to generate, you know, you want to build something great, you want to make an impact, but more importantly, also want to make money. (laughs) Um, It's it's obviously really important. So I think um, we can start with, you know, potentially what we have to focus on in the early stages um, of business and what are some of the principles and kind of, you know, we've got to tick this box in order to actually start doing this at a high level. Yeah. All right. So um, the theme, I know we're doing these back to back. The theme we've probably touched on a lot is everything's about being deliberate about what we're doing. And I think budgeting and forecasting is a big part of that. It's like the whole point of it is to get deliberate about your business. Um, I'll touch on the difference between the budget and the forecast. Yep. Um, so when you start, like people, I remember when I first started in this world and they're like, oh, do your forecast, do you? But I'm like, fuck, what's the, <laughs> I felt like it was the same word, just differently. Um, so um, then I learned. So budgets, we set the start of the year, we set our 12 month budget, call it. Um, and then forecasts are essentially, as we're going through that year, we keep reforecasting. So we, the budget's static, the forecast is dynamic. We keep reforecasting as we're going and the business is changing and we get new information to see where we're going to land. So essentially, it is the same thing, but different timeframes. The budget's static, we set it once. The forecast, we're still doing the same process, but we're updating it as we go based on what we know at the given time. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. example of that is we sit down at the, you know, maybe in December, we set a budget for January or we do it early Jan. Well, yeah. Sorry, for you know the next the whole year, year yep. the whole year um and then as we're going through that we're forecasting so we might get to end of q1 yeah um and we will forecast okay first of all where are we at 
where do we need to get to by end of Q2? But more importantly, what's the, you know, we might look 12 months into the future again. Yeah, what's what's changed based on what we thought was going to happen in Q1? We, we hired these extra two employees. All right, let's re-forecast. And, Revenue and growth might be, we might be bringing on more than what we budgeted. Thought, yeah, exactly. Expenses might be less than again. what we budgeted, all exactly. this kind of stuff. So it's more dynamic. We're doing it more often, whereas the budget's probably a once a year bigger exercise where you're going deeper. Mm-hmm. Forecast is more of a model that you're updating as you're going through the year. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So that's a, that's kind of the difference of the two. We'll focus on budgeting as our convo, like startup business. Like let's let's get them budgeting first, and then we'll worry about getting them updating that budget as they go. Um, so so budgeting process is essentially like it is what it is. It's like, hey, I've got this business. I want to know how much money I'm going to make in twelve months. Like let's set a plan in place of how much money we're going to make, how we're going to make it, kind of thing. What are the inputs for that? Because I think that's the yeah, that's the key. Yeah. Um, so where we start, if, if I'm not starting on day one, like I assume that I've been running this business already, my starting point with most people that come to speak to us is give me your last year performance and let's start there because at least we've got some historical data to work with, yeah? So, you know, Kyle, give me your last 12 months p and I'll, I'll take that into Excel and that's my starting point for my budgeting process. Yep. That makes sense? Yep, for sure. Um, I'm trying to break that PL into the three sections that we've touched on in previous podcasts. So revenue being one of my sections, cost of goods being my second section, like the cost that it takes to produce that revenue. Um, and then my overhead expenses being the third section. So what's my revenue, my direct costs and my overhead costs. So I yep. want to get those three sections kind of broken out in Excel. Um, and then I'm starting on essentially revenue as my first line. I'm trying to budget my revenue for the next 12 months. Obviously... If I'm already in business, I have a history of what my revenue was. Accounting firm, very easy. I had all my, you know, the government makes you have to do a BAS every quarter. So I know what roughly what work I've got to do for the year based on the year prior. Something like a cafe or a carpenter or like the businesses that have to win their work every day, it's a little bit harder because you're kind of guessing um, what you think that revenue is going to be with as Mm. much information as you have um, being prior year data. So I have a baseline of revenue based on what I know of um, last year and then I want to understand the drivers that make that revenue up so if I'm having this conversation with like me as an accountant like hey how do you grow your revenue Danny like what's the trigger to get new clients and let's call it getting on the podcast like say to you every time I go on the podcast I get two new clients on average based on what I've seen in the past so then I go and give myself like a KPI like hey I need to get on five podcasts a month to get 10 new clients an average clients worth x dollars that's going to grow my revenue by this much and then I budget that in as a line in my PL. So if I'm thinking about revenue, I'm just thinking, what do I know from the prior year about revenue? And then what are my drivers to increase that revenue? Is it marketing spend? Is it how many coffees I have with referral partners? Like what are the activities I can control that will drive that marketing revenue? And then I budget that through as a revenue line. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you're setting, say, you're a twelve month target, it should and you're looking at that prior year, should like Let's say we last year we grew the revenue by ten percent for the total year. Is that the kind of the way that you think about it, or not? So in some as a as a like um, goal, it could be like you could say, "Hey, my goal is to grow the business by ten percent a year." I'm thinking about this monthly, by the way. So when I'm doing this process, I'm breaking every month down month by month, um, and the goal might be I want to grow the revenue by ten percent, and that's fine. But then I go to all right, what are the activities that it's going to take? to do that and can mm. I achieve that? Does that make sense? Like yep. I don't, don't just throw the arbitrary n- number and then have a happiness feeling 
one way or the other, whether like I'm sad or I'm happy because I didn't hit that made up number that I gave myself. Yeah. Again, if I go to the theme of get deliberate, like it's target can be 10%. That's fine. I like the idea of like a growth rate that we stick to over time, but understand the drivers of that 10%. Is it the number of coffees you have? Is it the number of podcasts you're on? Is it the money you're spending on marketing and the cut through of your marketing that you need to manage? Like, what is it that drives that 10% growth? It might be, I'm not saying it's one thing, it might be multiple things, but understand those activities because you can only control the activity. You can't necessarily control the 10%. Um, you've just got to work out in your business. If I'm a builder, it's like the number of tenders I do a month. So I just have to quote more jobs because I know as a percentage roughly what comes through or I can work out as a percentage what comes through. Um, so yeah, understand those metrics that drive that number, that percentage that you're trying to grow. And that's where like, do you know setting a budget can be really great for planning 100 right so you can set a budget either with your team or on your own and then go back to your team and discuss and look at you know okay how how many leads or uh, um, did we generate how many customers did we close or yep. you know more how many products did we sell um and then if we want to increase that number we have to create a plan in order to do so and exactly it kind of all rolls into one another. and i think if you've got a team like if we're talking about a, a business with a sales team or whatnot like doing that process together is hugely valuable because it's hard to get buy-in from someone to the activity if they didn't get a say in it if you just went to your sales guy and said all right your budget's 10 percent growth this year he'll try because no one comes to work to not try but he won't engage in that process or she won't engage in that process properly because they don't they didn't say that they can grow 10% or talk to you about how it's possible to grow 10%. They don't feel like they own that process. So getting them involved in setting that number and the activities around that obviously helps drive that activity. Yeah. Um, and so that's revenue. Revenue. Yeah. Um, and then so what are the other things that we have to start to think about in terms yeah. of... So then I get into, my, I get into detail on gross profit. So if I'm a service-based business like our business, I go, all right, cool, we're going to grow 10%. Now I need to think about the staffing that it's gonna to take to deliver that. And when when is that 10% gonna land in the year? Like based on what activities we're gonna do, when's that 10% gonna land on the year? So when do I need to hire that person to train them up with enough time to be able to work on that? Cause they don't walk in day one and go, oh here, we can do all this stuff for you. Um, so getting that, again, people-based business, getting that hiring process built off the back of the revenue timing, um, really important. Product-based, same thing. Like if I'm selling clothing, and I'm saying I'm going to grow by this much and these are the, like, if I'm doing a clothing brand, these are the drops I'm going to have throughout the year of releases. So, all right, well, when do I need to buy inventory and how much inventory do I need to buy to be able to deliver that sales number? Does that make sense? So yeah. You can't just hit say, hey, we're going to do this sales number, but we don't go buy the t-shirts to sell or I don't hire the staff to do the work. So then I go into what are the direct inputs that it's going to take to deliver that revenue number. Yeah, and, and obviously the reason, and this is where like obviously budgeting and more importantly forecasting becomes really important is because if you want to, let's say you've got an opportunity and that opportunity is some sort of growth, whether it's bringing on more staff, getting more inventory, whatever it is, and you get to that point and you don't have the capital <laughs> to do it, it's, that, you know, we were kind of having this conversation the other day. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, um, do you want to talk, I, I would love for you to talk about um, you know, you've talked about things such as leakage, you know, with myself, like, you know, um, you know, we, we aim for this gross profit, mark, you know, and we have this charge out rate for what we do, but then there's also things such as leakage and more importantly, just the overall arching theme of data, um, and inputs and understanding yeah. those inputs and how important that is. Yeah. So, so, um, you're talking leakage, like efficiency, yeah, like leakage. Yeah. 
Um, so we'll call it, yeah, leakage, wastage, efficiency. It's the same thing. If it's like I've hired these people to produce X dollars of revenue, say I hire someone, I expect them to produce 200 grand of revenue a year based on our budgets. Um, but they're only producing 150 grand. I've got that leakage in efficiency that, you know, they're either not doing their job right or we're not pricing jobs right or whatever. Their wage but doesn't change. Their wage doesn't change. I still yeah. have to pay them the same number. So I've essentially, I budgeted to make 200 grand. They cost me say 100. I budgeted to make 100 grand profit on that person. Um, but I have that 50 grand leakage. I've just lost 50 grand. <laughs> like it's not, I'm not going to get that anywhere else. So um, people, we run pretty blind to that in most businesses. Like we don't actually look at it. And the conversation we had was like, well, how do you know what people are working on, where they're, where they're spending their time, how much you should charge the client, et cetera. And we got to timesheets as an answer. Like we run it in professional services. We spoke to about you, but getting the team to put their data in on what they're spending their time on to understanding why we have that leakage, um, really important because, you know, the easy answer is, oh, that person's lazy. They're on their phone too much or something like that. Like we blame the, often people will blame the, the employee or the team member for the issue. But more often than not, it's, and you know, look at yourself as the leader and it's a, we price the client too low and it took them, the job that they're doing takes longer than what you're, you made up as a budget that it's going to take them to do. Mm. Or they haven't been trained properly on, you know, you haven't onboarded them properly into your business and trained them on the skills they need to deliver it in the 10 hours that you said you can deliver it in because you've been doing it for fucking 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that training piece, um, you know, we didn't budget for annual leave or we didn't like making sure you understand all those inputs that it's going to take. And, and, you know, people are people. They're not going to work 100% every day, every hour of every day. So you need to budget in that they're only going to work or be able to do client work for 90%, say, of a day. Um, so yeah, getting that, getting that data and understanding that data to then work out how we improve that efficiency, it's really important. But doing it, that's not just a budgeting conversation. That's a every day in your business conversation. You should be going to improve that efficiency. Um, but then you use that data that you get in your budgeting process so you know that when you hire someone, this is how much revenue they can produce based on your historic staff. Um, and then use that to benchmark new hires against as well. Like, are they performing against that? And what do we need to help them with to get there? Um, same thing in product business. Like we'll call that same wastage inventory that we couldn't sell. If you go and say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm mm. just gonna go buy an extra million dollars of t-shirts and then make $10 million. Like you still have to make sure that that customer wants that or you're just throwing those t-shirts in the bin or they're sitting on a shelf. So. It's the same concept. It's just in a different product. Can you talk to like forecasting expenses? Like, first of all, how you do that, but then the relationship between, you know, um, needing to forecast out, obviously direct costs like your COGS or your cost of service, but also the operations yeah. side that, you know, you need to help support the, the business as it grows. Yeah. So what I would say is if, if I'm going through the budgeting process, I'm spending say 70% of the time on revenue and COGS because that's the hard part in my opinion the overhead expenses the last 30 percent of the time it's not um a difficult converse it's not as difficult of a conversation because it's pretty fixed um what i mean by that is if i've signed the rent deal i've signed the rent deal mm. and unless i'm getting to the point where i'm outgrowing the office or i need to like my end of lease i need to make a decision about a new office that rent deal's not changing so if i think about the overheads of my PL, like um, rent and software costs and um, my insurances and my things like that it's a once a year convo to understand them. Like how, what were they last year? What am I paying for? Is it the right price, wrong price? 
should I be spending more or less on it? And, you know, budgeting when I spent it last year and kind of expecting it to be roughly the same. Um, so that's pretty easy to do, yeah? Where it gets difficult is, I need not, not where it gets difficult, but where you have to spend more time is, like I said before, like I'm outgrowing my office. So I need to start to think about what that next office looks like and how much space I'm going to need for that next level of growth, yeah? So getting in those big decision times on overheads is difficult. Um, admin support. So when we talk about professional service business, we're mm. talking about the direct cost of the employee that does work on the client. But there's all these people in the background that do a lot of admin stuff that um, if you left it to the noise of the business, you would hire someone new every week because everyone can always do with more support. Yeah. Um, but like just kind of sense checking that every year and making sure the metrics between how much support you're putting in the back end of the business versus the frontline staff is there. Um, it's not an easy answer that one because as I said, everyone will always take more if you give it to them. Yeah, that's but, so true, isn't it? Yeah. You've always got to not give in to the noise of the business and actually understand what's happening. Um, and then marketing costs is probably the next big variable one that sits in that kind of overhead bucket where you can spend unlimited money on marketing as a budget but the work that happens there is more around, all right, what's the efficiency rate? What's the return on investment we expect on our marketing so that we know we can dial up the spending or slow down, or we should slow down or repurpose the spend, not necessarily turn it off, but put it into a different bucket because it's not working. Can you exp can we go a little bit deeper on that? Just as an, because we've yeah. talked about like cost of acquisition. Yeah. Are they, is that, is that that's the, what I'm talking about. That's yeah. the measurement tool? Well, depends. So like in an e-commerce land, cost of acquisition is a really easy conversation because you're getting those direct data results but in something like um, your business my business where you might spend on marketing and activities but the client that comes from it doesn't come for six months to 12 months time or whatever you can't get those direct correlations right so if we go customer acquisition cost what that is it's how much um, dollars do i spend on marketing to acquire a new customer so if i spend a thousand dollars a month on marketing and i got 50 new e-commerce customers my customer acquisition cost is twenty dollars yeah is that a good number or bad number depends on the business <laughs> yeah 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 what you're selling yeah what you're selling how much margin you make on it etc what, yep. the, what the lifetime value of your customer is but a bigger conversation for another day um understanding that though and going all right i need to based on my business model i need to get my customer acquisition cost to x dollars um is really important because that's your marketing efficiency convo it's like all right as long as my customer acquisition cost doesn't go over $20, I can afford to spend X dollars on marketing in these channels. Once it starts to go over that, we need to have a conversation and go, all right, well, these channels aren't working to how they used to work or what we need them to work at. What are our other, what are, are our other options? Like, should we be doing influencer marketing instead of Instagram ads? Like, or tick, could we be trying TikTok? Like, what, are the, what are the answers? Um, E-commerce is easier because of that. You can get that direct feedback pretty quickly. It's getting harder because the platforms are getting harder, Yeah. but you get that direct feedback. When you get into service-based business, it's actually really hard to get that data point. Um, so you got to go down, up, up the funnel essentially. Like we're not necessarily recording cost per acquisition of a customer. We might be looking at cost per lead. How much do we spend to get a new lead? Or um, it might be, a, you might have a, download form on your website or something. It's like how many people go download that document or whatever. Like you find something that's less than them becoming a customer. That's a kind of gateway drug to them becoming a customer and you measure the success of that. 
Yeah, it's um, kind of like the data is really important there as well and, and defining, I think when you've got a service-based business, you're more sales orientated, right? So you have to have a sales team or, you know, you, you, um, whoever's doing the sales in the company, there becomes another layer. Yeah, and I don't think we're naturally good at it. Like most people that go into their service-based businesses go into it because they were good at the trade of whatever that business, like I'm a good carpenter, so I start my carpentry business, I'm a good accountant, I start my accounting business. So we're not necessarily thinking about data and business that way um but yeah it, it's super like that data whether it's gross profit data marketing data it's, they're probably the two major data points that how do you think about marketing so do you go like you know we're spending 10 percent, or like you know we're going to spend 10 percent of revenue on marketing and then within that we have cost of acquisition targets or you know cost per lead targets and then the sales team will have specific targets like is that kind of the 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 way that we're looking at it yeah in our um in our service-based business we to be honest we spend very little in marketing land we spend a lot more time on relate like our marketing is relationships, relationships and referral partners and having lunches and dinners and things like that so there's still a spend there but it's not the same as just direct marketing, direct marketing. we don't have that because it's a very much a relationship business but if i go to like my wife has an e-commerce business super in the detail on percentage of marketing spend versus revenue and customer acquisition costs so it's like straight up every every day, <laughs> literally daily reporting on what the spending's happening, not to turn it off. So I don't look at marketing as there's, there's a, I think it was a Henry Ford quote of trying to, you know, saving money by stopping your marketing spend is like unplugging your clock to save time. Like <laughs> you, can't, you can't save your business by spending less on marketing. It's about looking at the marketing and going, all right, Facebook's not working. What do we need to spend on? Like, should we be building more in our community? What do we need to do? To, what should we put that budget towards? Because you can't do nothing. The business won't fix by doing nothing. Yeah, that's why I love podcasting so much because yeah. it's you can fix your costs. It can become marketing. It works well on social. The efficiency it creates for your business. And the, and the flow on, like you do one podcast and there's how many pieces of content can you create on the back of that? Yeah, exactly. So, but you know, you're 100% correct um, on that. And that's, yeah services is definitely it's a different conversation it's more of yeah. a i think you probably get into the nitty-gritty once you get us once you get you know we look at them in our business as um prospects leads yeah opportunities yeah. you know so prospects being someone who you know we've got their email a yeah. lead being someone who's engaged and started a conversation and an yeah. opportunity being someone who is you know at the point where they're ready to make a decision whether they want to buy from us or not yeah. and we look at going okay how do we get as many prospects as we can from our marketing? Yeah. And then, you know, how does that flow in? Your sales team. Then sales team. It, it's that. Yeah. Once they, they become a prospect, it's a sales team's job to yeah. make the relate, build the relationship and kind of get them coming Yeah, but your through. marketing spend measure of success is spend to prospects, not spend to sales. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Your sales team measure of success is prospect to sale. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So but that's like the idea of the budgeting process is to break those things down and get into the detail on it and you know understanding the correlation of on average this many prospects turn into this many customers and then using that to benchmark your sales team against yeah 100 um, percent. can you just talk to how we roll a budget out to the team then so if you've got a team yeah. and we've kind of set a budget or we're we're you know are we setting a meeting to kind of go through that budget get opinions uh, and then how does that actually roll into the team and, yeah. and become their targets and, and so, so on. So if the team are responsible, if you're in your business, the team are responsible for any part of the budget, they should be involved in the budgeting process of that part of the business. So what I mean is if, if I've got a marketing person in my team, as in like a head of marketing say, 
and I set their marketing budget and say, here you go, hit this, they should just tell me to go away. Cause like <laughs> they haven't been involved or collaborated in that process. So you, the roll up process should start at the point of starting the budget process. Like, all right, who in the business is responsible for what? So we can get them involved in that part of the budget. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Yeah. Cause all, the, all that is like, once we roll it all together, it's just the inputs of everyone in the team coming together. Yeah. Yep. Um, so rolling it back out on the back end of that isn't actually the difficult part. It's getting their buy-in upfront that these the not not difficult, but the, I guess the important part. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where I'd start. I'd sit down with the, my PL as a starting point, and I go on every single line of that PL, like whether that's insurance, marketing, revenue, who in the business is responsible for that line, and then involve them in that part of the budgeting process. So if we're talking about insurances, and you go, oh, I'm the business owner, I'm the only one that looks at that, cool. You don't need to collaborate with anyone. They, they can't impact that number whatsoever. You're the only one that can impact that number. So why do we need to roll that out to anyone? Does that yeah, make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, 100%. But the marketing guy who's, you know, your head of marketing should be in the absolute detail and, and coming to you with the marketing budget and you should be challenging them or collaborating with their findings on that as opposed to you dictating a number and coming hey guys i've done all this budget work yeah because it could numbers, be so please. far from it and then they're just like fuck this guy <laughs> yeah they're like wait I'm, yeah i'm not hitting like what will happen if it works out they'll pat you on the back and everyone well, they'll pat themselves on the back everyone will go yeah awesome we done at the day that it's not working and they're not hitting the number they'll just point the finger at you and go well i didn't agree to that budget so yeah and that's where you get like when you have the you know your leaders within these particular you know divisions um, divisions in a sense um it, as I mean, as an owner, you would get more aut autonomy, you know, like, okay, yeah. we're, we're doing it with these guys, all of a sudden they feel ownership. So then when they they're having in. discussions with their team, you know, it's them driving the ship and, you know, you're, they're reporting back into you for conversation, collaboration, and, yeah. and you're trying to create that kind of culture. It's really hard, like as an owner to get there, like we go through that stage of business where the whole business depends on you and you're responsible for everything. And then you start bringing people on board and you have to let go of a lot of that stuff if you want to scale the business and get out of the detail. Mm. Um, you have to hire, it always obviously you need to hire great people. Um, Brett, will, Brett will talk to you about level five leaders. Like you need to be hiring these people that are like want to be leaders and that are trying to grow themselves. Um, and then you have to trust and empower them in their parts of the business. Um, and it's like, I know from my experiences, I know you'll say the same, like when you're building your business and you see um, you're watching someone trip over over something, you know how to fix the hardest thing in the world is to, to let them, let them fall and, and be there to pick them back up when they come and ask you to help them and not just always jump on the top of it. And I'm guilty, I'm still guilty of that today. Like, you know, if, if the guys in my office heard me say this, they'd say, hang on, Danny. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Because like, I care so much about the business and the client, like I'll justify that position by going, oh, but... You know, I really like Kyle. He's a really good guy. I never want him to be upset, but it's it's hampering the business as a whole. Yeah. And like sometimes we have to get out of our own way and let those people fly. Um, but yeah, the only way you can, you need that process to get them to buy into it and then let them let them succeed and fail on it and coach them. Like become a leader and a coach through that. Don't be a dictator, I guess. It's so hard to do. Like I'm, I'm bad. We all yeah. are. We yeah, all are. It's, it's like, it's, and that, the earlier you are, the harder it is because you're fighting tooth and nail for every single client customer Agreed. you get. Um, but, you know, inevitably I know that you do have to kind of give that ownership to people and the way you communicate if mistakes are made, you know, inevitably dictates what the next action is. And yeah. so that's, 
you know, still, and really that's leadership 101, right? Well, that, it's, it's leadership and that's your development as a lead. Like if you go, oh, I'm the, I'm the, I don't need to learn anything anymore. I'm the best at everything. It's like, you've kind of failed already. And that's the, like your growth path or a lot of people's growth path from that in the detail stage into that scale stage is learning to be a better leader. Yeah. And we really, like, we really need everyone else. <laughs> yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Danny, again, so much value in that. I appreciate your time. Um, guys, if you are enjoying these educational um, episodes that we're putting out, it's it's obviously brand new, but make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you leave us a review. Get behind us. Share it with your friends. Um, as I said, all we're really trying to do here is provide education and inspiration and for free. You know, we don't want there's no there's no paywall here. Um, but in order for us to keep doing this, we do need your support. So um, many thanks, uh, and we'll see you next week. Much love. Hey, Danny from Kelly Partners Northern Beaches here. Hope you're really loving these conversations with Kyle. Um, if you're looking for an accountant that wants to do more than just your basses and taxes and be a real partner in your business, feel free to hit us up. We have an amazing team out on the beaches who deal with business owners every single day, um, looking to provide proactive advice, get in front of your business and help you make those decisions that are really going to make a difference in the long term for your life. Um, reach us anytime. If anyone wants to book in a free discovery session where we'll go through your business and see how we can help, hit us up at northernbeaches at kellypartners.com.au.